Welcome to Barry Pirro's Haunted Happenings Podcast, where I share in-depth stories of the paranormal, the supernatural, and the unexplained. So turn off your lights, sit back, and prepare to be scared. At the start of every podcast, you hear me say, prepare to be scared. But in this episode and upcoming episodes, you'll instead need to prepare to be amazed. Prepare to be inspired. Because you'll be hearing from people who have actually seen what lies beyond this life and returned to tell about their incredible journey. In this episode, we'll hear from a woman named Heather, who was clinically dead for nearly three minutes, and how her incredible near-death experience totally changed the way she looks at life today. Heather, before we get started, I just want to thank you for sharing your incredible experience with me. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be really inspired when they hear it. So why don't we start right at the beginning? What were the events that led up to you having a near-death experience? I was having a treatment, which is an infusion like chemotherapy, where you're hooked up to a mixture of drugs that's supposed to go very slowly dripping into your system over the next five hours. What happened was the drip line got kinked when my sleeve was pulled down, and it was kinked for almost an hour. Nothing was going through for an hour, but they had originally given me some kind of shot that made me very drowsy, so I didn't notice that it hadn't started yet. Plus, I had never had this treatment before. So it wasn't flowing for almost an hour. And then all of a sudden, the nurse came by and said, oh, honey, you can't have your sleeve down. And when she pulled my sleeve back up, all of the material that had backed up for the last hour came shooting into my system all at once. And I immediately went into tachycardia. My heart was beating so fast that I was able to say, my heart, my heart. And then I flatlined and I flew up out of my body. I didn't know that I didn't have my body attached, but I could definitely see everything. I was up above by the ceiling, looking down over by where the nurse's desk was. I was looking like three quarters away from the bed, up by the ceiling, down at my body. And I could see through the ceiling even. There was an operating room right next to where my infusion bed was, and I watched these two doctors that were working on this lady giving her an epidural. I watched them be contacted by the nurse. She was frantic. She ran into the OR and pulled the two doctors away from their other patients to come and get something out of the cabinet. And I was watching them doing this and they were having an argument. She was throwing things out of the cabinet and arguing with the doctor about, should they put this needle in my heart or should they stick it into the drip line? I could hear and see everything. All of this stuff was happening and I, was, I could see everybody. There was this lady that was, she was like a physician assistant, and she was crying. 
totally freaked out. The lady that was cleaning the place was like peering into the OR because they knew that this was hitting the fan with me over there. Because it was an outpatient clinic that does small procedures, small surgical procedures. And it's down the street from a hospital. So they were like arguing about, you know, what to do next. Wow. So you find yourself up at the ceiling looking down and you say you could actually see through the walls? Yeah, I could see through the floor and everything. Like I was like on the next level up or something and I could see. I could see everything. It didn't quite make sense, but I could see into the OR next door and into my place. What was going through your mind at this point? Were you frightened, calm, curious? It was curious. It was like a surprise. All of a sudden I was up there and I was like, oh, this is weird. And then when I saw what was happening, it was when I, when like my consciousness was directed at the screen where it showed there was no heartbeat and the alarms were going off, I said, oh, I'm dying. Then there was like a panic. It was like I tried to dive back into my body, but there was no body there. I went flying like trillions of miles an hour backwards through this tunnel. It was like I fell through this immense tunnel going like the speed of light or something. And it was very scary at first. And then all of a sudden I like was like relaxing somehow. And then I wanted to look at where I was. I was like, what is this place? And as I was getting closer to this light, as I was traveling through this tunnel, I started looking at the tunnel itself and saw that there were colors I've never seen on Earth. Being an artist, I'm trained to look at colors and deconstruct color. And I'd never seen these colors. That was the fabric of this tunnel. It was this amazing colors. Let me ask you, do you think you were in a black tunnel and the colors became clearer as you got toward the end where it was light? Or do you think you just noticed that the tunnel was made up of these colors? I think the tunnel is made out of the trillions of colors, but I was going so fast through it that I couldn't see the colors. It all just registered as black. Did you get a sense that the tunnel was a huge space or that it was an enclosed space? At first it felt fairly enclosed. It didn't feel very expansive until close to leaving the tunnel. What happened when you got out of the tunnel? Were you in a totally different place? I'm back up above looking down on my body again, but I'm in another dimension. I was looking down again at where I was before, but I was surrounded by these other souls of people that didn't have a human form, but I recognized them. One of the people was my great-uncle Steve, who I really was connected with. And I recognized him even though he wasn't in a human form. He was like this pink, misty shape. What were you feeling in this new place? It was perfectly no pain, complete love. It was like the most wonderful place, surrounded by these spirits or whatever you want to call them, of these people that I had known and people... I recognized, but I don't think I had known in my life. And then I saw the spirits of people that are alive, the people praying for me. My mother and my mother and my sister praying for me. What did it look like in this new dimension that you were in? In this dimension, it's like looking at a, at, at a fishbowl of it. Not a round one, but it's like I'm looking at a cube through glass. Like, I'm in another dimension observing this situation now. 
now I'm seeing it from this heavenly place, which is what I could only describe it. Can you describe what the souls look like that you saw? You said that one was pinkish looking. Did each one have a different color or a different shape? They were distinct. It was like they were vibrations of energy. It was like seeing music as an object. So each person was a unique song. And that part of it has profoundly affected me. It was like I saw the core essence of what a spirit is. And it's totally recognizable. Did you receive any information about the spirits that you saw in this dimension? This is how I now fully believe in God. I felt the love of God, of whatever you want to call God. And everybody calls God all different things. But I felt that all these people were formed into existence out of great, great love. And the really bright spirits are the ones that realize the love. It's like there's only love in this place. It's just pure, absolutely magical, beautiful love. And I got this information download about what life is about. It was like a gift to me or something. It was deeply profound. For probably six months after that experience, I could almost access that headspace of when I was there. And I felt like I could meditate my way to that realm or something. Like I felt a very deep connection to that experience afterwards. And I'm reminded of it and put back there when I reread the stuff I wrote the following months after that. I had a very strong sense after I went home that I was given the gift of life. When I arrived back home, I was like, this is a gift. I can't believe I'm back here. I thought I would be dead. I wanted to ask you about the spirits of the people who were alive on Earth praying for you. Did your family know that you were ill and that's why they were praying? They knew I was getting this dangerous treatment. There's often problems with really high blood pressure and and it's dangerous because I was sick. When I got to the treatment, I was quite ill. I was in severe pain and and they had already told me that my organs weren't working right and stuff, so I was already really bad. Okay. And then, you know, it was, they were like, this is a risky procedure anyway. And then here I had a complication with the risky procedure. So, like, my mother didn't want me to do the procedure. My grandmother told me I should do it because she'd think it would be okay. And I had been texting with my sister right before. Were the spirits of the people praying for you different than the other spirits who were there? Were the same spirit, this misty pink and like shining gold, it was like pink and gold, like like palest yellow, like that beautiful sun at the end of the day. It's like surrounding this pink, misty looking thing. But they're in a different location. It was like they're right outside the bubble of where earth and my body was, where they were trying to get my body to work again. So they were on the other side of this bubble. So they were closer to your physical body, right? Yeah, they were like by the OR suite through the wall. Still see the OR suite again. Like it was like I could see through walls. A lot of people who have had near-death experiences say that they've had a life review. Did anything like that happen to you? You know how some people say their life passed before their eyes? I never had that experience. What I had was I saw everyone else's life pass before my eyes. I fully knew my doctor. I saw his whole, like I saw his whole life like a movie 
all playing at once. And I knew that he had been dealing with prostate cancer and that he's got late-stage prostate cancer and he's still working and doing all this stuff. I know that this other guy has hepatitis C that was like the receptionist. I know his dad is dying. I know his uncle's dying of AIDS. I know that the lady doing the, she was like cleaning the floors. I saw how she has lived with six people in her house. All of the people that were there, not only did I see all of their life struggles and who they are, it was like I was inside their heads and I know the love that they have and the hate that they have for themselves. I saw the love they have for their spouses and wives and family. I saw their fears. Most overwhelmingly, I felt the incredible, unbelievable, rock-solid, mountain-rock-solid love that God has for every single one of these people. Everybody. Everyone. Fully loved. Like... Those stories of the people's lives are absolutely precious. Your story, your life story is absolute preciousness. And the big information I got loud and clear is that our lives are deeply important to the existence of God himself. I say himself. I don't know if it's a him or her. It's way beyond that. I don't see the face of God, nothing like that. I felt love as an action and as a force of energy of creation is love everything's out of love everything that is born is born out of love energy and that we are here to express love to find love especially in the most difficult things to love your enemy to love the person that you feel you hate if you can find a pathway to love then you are like proving the existence and the power of God and that there's a lot at stake. And there was this idea that when we love something with a pure heart, we're somehow creating matter. The doctor that had the prostate cancer and the people who had all of these things that you picked up on, did you get a sense that you knew things that they didn't know? Like, did the doctor know that he had cancer? Oh yeah, he knew he had it because this is what happened. When I came back into my body... The first thing I did is I grabbed his hand. I said, don't let me go, don't let me go. And he was crying. The man is the most loving man. This man dedicated his whole life to help human beings. And he's like an angel, this guy. Because I saw who he is. He was resonating like a real energy healing powerhouse. And when I saw that, I said, why aren't you treating your cancer? He was like, what? How in the hell did I find all this stuff out? And then I ended up going to each of the person and saying, are you, are you treating your illness? I was like to the other kid that was in the room and I said, is your uncle okay? And he was like, how are you knowing these things? Wow. So you really got verification. Yeah, I got verification and I knew this lady that worked at the MRI place this lady I'd only said hello to her in the hallway. Now I know all about her. And then I went and I would start chatting with her and I just verified things on my own. What was her reaction? She was like, oh, like who are you talking to about me? Like why are you talking to me? <laughs> How do you know all this? <laughs> and by the way, before I left and went back into my body, 
I went out of the building, and it was like up above, and I could see this homeless man on the street. I saw his whole life, how he actually worked on Wall Street at one point, had family, started taking cocaine, felt like about himself, got a venereal disease, gave it to his wife, then he lost his house. Like, all, his whole life story. And despite all of this horrible stuff this man went through and all these bad things that he did, he still loved. But he doesn't know he's loved. And that was the last thing that I saw was the homeless man before I went back into my body, that the homeless man is loved and the homeless man is important, Hmm. even though he did all this bad stuff in his life. I'm wondering, did you get a sense that there is a reason for people's lives being the way that they are? The sense that I got, and it was like, again, it was like an information download, is that we also agreed, our spheres like agreed to come here and do this, like, love engine business, I call it, is that it's not supposed to be easy here at all. It's supposed to be very challenging, and we're intentionally supposed to forget why we're here, because we're supposed to discover love like archaeologists discovering the people that were here before us and putting together a picture. But the sense was that it's very hard and that we're going, there'll be thousands of other things we think are more important and it always comes down to love. That is the job that we're all supposed to be here for, that we're all supposed to find it and it's supposed to be hard, but that our particular music that we make when we get to love is like creating universes in the world. Like when we fully love another person or put love as an action and focus with love on a problem, that it actually creates matter and it creates music that's like heard all through these other dimensions. It's like we can be healing many dimensions. And I got the sense that there's trillions of other dimensions and that that's like the nature of this tunnel has something to do with these trillions of different dimensions but that there's this one force of energy that it's so sad i felt so sad that people forget and don't know how important they are oh and the other thing i was sitting there like it was almost like i had questions that were being answered which was the one about religion, why is all these different religions? And, and the sense was that all of the different religions, when they're appealed to through love, are exactly the same resonating energy when it's based out of love. Hinduism is praying to God, the same as Judaism is praying to God, is the same as Christianity is praying to God, as long as it's based in love and not in fear. You talk a lot about the feeling of love that you felt while you were there. Can you describe that a little? When I first got there, it's such a blissful place. You're in a place where there's energy of laughter and love and lightness. It's not this heaviness. It's very light, and it's like the, the core of happiness. I'm wondering how much does this also have with my life experience of dealing with acute chronic pain, breaking my neck. I mean, I've had so many close calls in my life. It's just kind of weird. You had said something about, we agree to come into this life with these circumstances. 
Do you think our spirits agree to enter into a certain type of life in order to learn how to show more love? I don't know the answer to that question. And that remains a question for me, and I'd love to know the answer to that one if anyone got the answer to that during their NDE, because I know that what I learned during that experience was that we knew it was going to be hard. I don't know how much we knew about the life that was going to happen, if there were like certain key events that will definitely happen versus some that will have the choice. Fascinating to me, but I only know that we agreed that it was going to be tough. And it's going to be tough in different ways. person has their own challenging thing. The main thing, honestly, was just that our actions and our thoughts that we allowed to nurture to become motivations for things are deeply important. On Earth, it's a challenge because people don't know what our motivations are. Only God knows and all the spirits that are watching us. And I believe also that those spirits that were there are always watching me. They're there giving me love and helping me to make the right decision, I think, if I listen on whatever's happening in life. Did you see anyone else besides the homeless man? I saw other people that were like walking on the street on the Upper East Side, and I could just see that everybody is loved. Do you think he was pointed out to you? I think he was pointed out to me, yeah. Because this man, I mean, I saw that he had like a mansion before, and he had a beautiful wife, and he had three children, and one of his kids died of a drug overdose. I mean, like, his whole life was there, like a little package. And I felt heartbroken that he hates himself and that he feels worthless and he's not worthless at all. Because if he can love, he's contributing to the world. You know, it's fascinating because what I learned there has really helped me in my life when I decided to come back and to be an advocate for people and pain and disabled people because they're being discriminated against all the time and they think society sees them as worthless and nobody's worthless at all. Right before you came back, was there a message like, you can't stay, it's time for you to go back now? I feel like I was sent back and I'm pretty mad because I don't know exactly what I was sent back for. It was like, you have work to do. And I can't remember what that is. Tell me what it was like going back. Was there travel, or did you just find yourself back? No, I was just boom there. I went from the homeless man back into my body. I want to mention something that happened after that, after I came back into my body. After I came back into my body, I was really scared that I was going to die again right away. And I was mystified at the same time. Because I realized that I love my life fiercely. And a couple things happen that are too weird to describe. Coincidences. And one of which was that I grabbed my phone and I felt my sister, her spirit was there right next to me. And she texted me and the text that she texted me showed up at the exact moment that the physician assistant came in and made a thumbs up which is what my sister texted me, you okay, with a thumbs up. He said, you okay, and he put his thumb up, and the two messages arrived at the exact same moment. So it was almost like verification 
and then when I asked him a couple questions about how was his uncle, he's like, how did you know my uncle was sick? After you had this incredible experience, what was it like to be back, you know, back in the world again? The next six months, I felt very raw, like a little newborn baby again. I felt like an empath in a way, where people that I would see, I would come in and I felt very deeply attached to them, like I never had before, like perfect strangers. It felt like I knew them more, and I would have information given to me. And then I would say weird things, like this one lady that was checking me out, I said, what kind of pain do you have, hon? She looks at me like an alien. And I said, oh, I have pain too, I just noticed on your face. She goes, I don't want anyone to know about it. I said, I know, I know how you feel. He said, I hope you take some time for yourself. She was like, oh, my God. It started to freak me out quite a bit, honestly, and I, I think I've intentionally built up walls against that because I could feel someone's anger really palpably. I'd want to stay away from them. It seems like certain people were pointed out to you, like the homeless man and the doctor and the different people in the hospital. Do you think there was a reason for that, that they were pointed out to you for a specific reason? Yeah. I felt like I was definitely being shown all these people's lives for a reason. And it's weird how I didn't get to see my own life. I really want to thank you for being here. It was just such an incredible story that you shared with us. I really appreciate just being able to talk to you about this stuff. If the motivation behind doing this is to share this idea about love that I was given. There's so much fear and people hating each other and having all these reasons to hate each other. It's so sad because we're not fulfilling our purpose if we capitulate to that. That's what I feel now about it after having that experience. So it would be neat to just get that message out for sure. In ending... I want to repeat something Heather said earlier in the interview that just might be the core meaning of her near-death experience, something everyone can benefit from hearing and that all of us should remember as we go through the ups and downs of our lives. It was the most wonderful place. Most overwhelmingly, I felt the incredible, unbelievable, rock-solid, mountain-rock-solid love that God has for everybody. Those stories of the people's lives are absolutely precious. Your life story is absolute preciousness. Your life story is absolute preciousness. Your life story is absolute preciousness.